0: up everybody welcome back to between two tackles i am your host alex benelli and alongside me today we got the two-man squad here me and ray volo ray how we feeling no dino tonight
1: a squad baby a squad and back to back back to back victory uh or i guess it's not even victory monday anymore it's victory tuesday we're a day late but victory monday was a fucking r&r day for your boy
0: we'll we'll still revel on it
1: uh, t- two two mets games and a jet game in 24 hours it was just a fucking lot i needed a rest yesterday
0: yeah, that's a uh, a roller coaster of emotions.
1: Yeah, it really it really was, man. I was operating like no sleep. I was fucking dying.
0: Especially coming from MetLife too. Like dude, you gotta be flying high and being like, There's no shot we lose game three and then So the tra- the traffic was absolutely miserable. I was I was still, you know,
1: um, uh emotions were still high. I was hopeful. I got there like an inning late, I sat down for the second inning and that's when all it just went to shit it was it was actually fucking brutal the brutal. vibes were they, they couldn't be more different
0: <laughs> all right but well, we'll move on from the baseball season it is now officially football season um and let's get right into these games uh first game we we were looking at number 8 Tennessee on the road at number 25 LSU we thought this could be a trap game um for Tennessee not so fast and uh Tennessee lays they would on LSU forty to thirteen. Ray, what'd you say?
1: Yeah, uh Brian I thought Brian Kelly was gonna be able to keep it close like he said, and uh no, I looked like a fucking moron. That game was over <laughs> by the fucking uh the first half. I was like, okay, I just chuck chucked up my uh my teasers and L. Uh I, I mean what I said was that I think I thought that the game was gonna be decided at the line of scrimmage. I thought that LSU's defensive line, in particular, their two edge rushers were going to be able to get to Henton Hooker and kind of force him off his game. And the exact opposite happened. LSU's offensive line looked fucking atrocious. Uh, Daniels looked bad. LSU just looked really, really bad. And I also didn't notice – um how do you put – Boot? Bootay? I don't know how to pronounce Ooh, it. Yeah, booty. Bootee. Didn't notice him once.
0: Or, uh, yeah, and I, I actually felt like they were forcing it to him more – um, last game that I had seen in the their previous five games, and I still didn't. Even, he he caught a touchdown. Uh, yeah, so he finally got on the board this year. Um, but I think he was like six for thirty three yards. Like it wasn't anything crazy. They couldn't really get him in space. Um, but for for uh, for LSU, they went for it on fourth twice in the in the first quarter. Didn't get either, and that was kind of the the game. Honestly, from there, it was thirteen nothing. When they went for it for the second one, um, I think they were on their uh in on the opposing thirty-five or something like that. And they didn't get it. So really tough game. Hendon Hooker, especially without Cedric Tillman, um was awesome. Again, made made all the throws that he need, needed to, and they they're hopeful that uh Tillman will be back this week. Um, we'll see what happens there. But Hendon Hooker just keeps it rolling. Yeah, I mean, but his uh, the, that other wire
1: receiver, Brew McCoy, really stood out too. He had mm-hmm. seven, seven for 140. He looked really good, and yeah. also back to uh, hooker for just a, a quick second. Um, like he's like he's looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. There's some issues with like some ball placement occasionally where it's like a little behind them. I, I know there was one like big third down, his receiver dropped, it was a little behind, but all in all, he looked he's really impressed with me as a passer.
0: I mean, still zero interceptions this year. For...
1: Got, honestly, I feel like NFL evaluators are going to love that. Like, especially as like a, a day two, maybe early day three quarterback prospect, someone who could like be an immediate backup. I feel like ball security, he's older, so he's going to be coming a little bit more mature. I feel like they're going to love that.
0: Right. Yeah, just to put a bow on this for for LSU, the, the running game, I mean, it's been a problem all season. Haven't been able to establish any of these running backs but 28 carries for 55 yards is absolutely brutal. And you can't beat any team like that. I don't care how good your quarterback is. And, uh, and Daniels wasn't good enough. So they take a massive L uh, next game. We were looking at number 17, TCU at number 19, Kansas is a game I was very, very excited for. And then unfortunately my boy, Jalen Daniels shoulder surgery and possibly out for the year, which is um, really, you know, upsetting, really upsetting, really upsetting. Um, yeah. I mean, I, He's out indefinitely right now, but I mean, I don't think it, they were hopeful that he could come back. Um, but on the positive side for Kansas, even though they they lose this game, um, the backup Jason Bean played awesome dude, when he came say- in. I was gonna say like, the backup looked fucking sick, dude. He looked great. I, if, when, he was two sixty two and four touchdowns had had one pick, um, but he battled Max Duggan the whole game.
1: Yeah, uh, I feel like Kansas's defense was a little shaky, especially early on. They were missing a lot of tackles, um, and also, I mean, I can't remember. The, I don't know why, for the life of me, I cannot remember the play. But I know the refs gave the game to TCU at the end. <laughs> I, I know Dean. I know Dean wasn't going to cover. I can't remember what happened. I think it was like a big third down, like pass, a bullshit pass interference call or something, or a, a bullshit rough in the passer. And I remember just texting Dean like, "Yo, like congrats, like the refs just gave that shit to you."
0: Yeah, that was tough. I mean, defense couldn't stop Quentin Johnson going yeah. absolutely berserk. What do he what do go? he go? I'll, t- I'll talk more about him later. But yeah. Yeah, well, sure. They're just absolutely crazy. They couldn't stop him. He's been awesome um, all season, honestly. But that was a big uh, coming out game for him. Um, but for Kansas, obviously, tough loss. But um, I mean, you got to be pumped up if you're a, a fan of this team or if you're Lance Le- Leipold, like you got to be pumped up about the way your guys played and they fought Um, after their star goes down.
1: Dude, that was a, honestly, that was a really great game for Kansas. I feel like that's a building block for a program too, even in a loss because they played, they played TCU super tight. I think they probably could have easily, they could have a couple bounces. They w- they win that ball game Agreed. Uh, hands down.
0: Agreed. We'll move on to the third game had number 11 Utah at number 18 UCLA a little Pac 12 action um, UCLA taking this one 42 to 32 and it was exactly what we had laid out in our in our preview it was the running game for UCLA with Zach Charbonnet uh, 22 carries 198 yards and a touchdown controlled this game and then uh and Dorian Thompson-Robinson made the big throws when he needed to
1: yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't even think we really even need to touch on this game too much. It's because the, what I predicted came true like to a T. Utah cannot travel on the road, and uh, their run game was just way – their run game and pace was just too much for them. They got run all over. T- Dorian thompson robinson four touchdowns. He's really coming to, into his own. I think he's a fourth or fifth-year senior in this offense. I think he's been in this offense since he was a freshman or a sophomore. Uh
0: UCLA, UCLA looks legit
1: man they're gonna yeah. give they're gonna give UCLA, uh, USC a running for their money for this uh conference
0: yeah that'll be an awesome game um and, and
1: Utah gets USC next week too
0: yeah and for Utah it kind of puts a bow on their season right it's two two conference losses you're kind uh, one, of one, one,
1: one, one conference loss they lost to Florida uh that's the second loss
0: one conference loss um but the way USC is rolling right now and now UCLA is undefeated they're gonna
1: yeah they gotta hope that um they got first of all that I mean they got u s c next week so if they, I mean, they got to take care of business any chance they have to take care of business there and then they gotta hope if they do they gotta hope u s c can knock off u c l a to maybe give them a shot but yeah um, they're gonna need a lot to go right for them, and they're gonna need to be able to go on the road eventually because they I mean they're i think they're one and two on the road
0: this year, so right all right we'll wrap it with the final game and uh, this game was honestly a pooper um but we had Florida state at number fourteen n c state Um, like, and like I said, an absolute pooper, um, I had the number written down. They were Florida state up 17 to three at half. And then NC state closed the game on a 16, nothing run, um, teams combined on third down seven for 26, absolutely miserable and 18 combined penalties in this game. And I mean, in terms of players, Leary looked horrible, so (laughs) I don't know what's what's going to happen with some of these quarterbacks who a lot of people thought, outside of Stroud and Bryce Young, all these other guys are struggling, and people are still putting in five quarterbacks in the first round.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can honestly say I didn't watch a second of this game. I was too busy watching the Mets handle game two. We won't talk about game three, but just looking at the, the line, Leary 10 for 21, sub 50% completion percentage. It's fucking miserable. He's really struggled this year. And um, I mean, they're still five and one though. So true, I mean, how, right? Like their their hopes for the ACC are still uh, they're still alive and well. I think they have Clemson next week. Or no, they lost to Clemson. They lost to Clemson. They have Syracuse, undefeated Syracuse at Syracuse, which is a tough game. Uh, Syracuse is playing really, really well. Their quarterback, uh, I think he's a transfer from Mississippi State. I forget his name off the top of my head, but he's he looks pretty good too. So they they have their hands full. They're probably gonna get knocked off if I did guess uh this pet this coming week and that'll probably put an end to
0: their hopes at acc tough really tough look for these uh these like second tier of quarterbacks it's no yeah, stepping up
1: dude also i mean i keep reading like the uh the draft articles on espn like uh it's like mel not mel yeah, it's mel Jordan Reed and Matt Miller, and like mm. Mel still lists levies like ahead of fucking Bryce Young, which is he's obsessed option. with him. It's actually, I mean, I know he always has his like guys and shit. And he'll like live and die by the sword, which I kind of respect, but I don't know if I'm, I mean, he has a massive arm, but he hasn't played overly well, so I don't really understand. I don't know, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe when I go back and watch like the tape a little bit more in depth, I'll like fall in love with him, but I don't know, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're gonna be some tough evaluations, especially some guys like Van Dyke and like like Leary and like Levis and I, I don't see like Tanner and Van even Dike. like Tanner McKee, like guys who played well the year before and then in this draft year don't play well. Maybe some go back to school. Or, yeah,
1: Van Dyke's going no. back. I wouldn't be I would be stunned if he didn't.
0: All right. So that'll wrap it for our previews. Let's get to a little stock up, stock down. Who you got for your first stock up?
1: Uh, first stock up, I want to talk about the two Michigan edge rushers, two seniors actually. Um, uh, Mike Morris and Yabi Oki. I was watching that game um, and dude, they were just standing out. Mike Morris in particular, he's a 6'6", 292 pound and he was playing stand-up outside linebacker, which is just something you don't see at that size. It's actually very like I don't even know. I don't think I've ever seen it. That's fucking massive and he's He's a great athlete. Uh, he's had five sacks in the year, and he had one against Indiana. Uh, he like, got up on the left tackle with like his power. Pushed, like the, like you, you could tell like, the left pa- the left tackle was like, he knew this guy. Like This guy's massive. He gave up too much space, and uh, he just crossed his face for an easy sack of the quarterback. I feel like NFL evaluators in particular are going to really fall in love with this guy's traits just because they don't make guys 6'6", 292, who can play stand-up outside linebacker often. And I think he's gonna be I think he can be able to move across the defensive line. I think he'll be able to put his hand in the dirt, play like a four-three end. I mean, at that size, he can probably even kick in if you asked to. So I feel like as a like a senior, he's gonna be rising up draft boards as like a day two. I feel like um day two pick, NFL DC's are gonna fall in love with that versatility. And then on the other side, the other senior, yabioki he's he had another sack and he's uh more of a true edge, like true standabouts outside linebacker. He's 6'5", listed as 244. He's lean, but he's got – his length is just crazy. He jumps up the screen. It's so noticeable. Um, I, like I said, he has a sack. I think he's up to like two and a half on the year. Uh, so, yeah, those two edge rushers climbing. I love – got to give the defensive lineman, uh some love here.
0: Yeah, got to show him some love. Um, Michigan has not played anybody. They will play Penn State next week in the big house. I'm fucking pumped up for that. Um, and for Penn State's offensive line, Fashano and uh, and Kaden Wallace, they got their work cut out for him with, with those two edge guys. So, yeah, th- they got to bring it.
1: How has uh, your left tackle been, by the way? It's been okay.
0: I mean, it, it's always Penn State's arguably their worst spot on, on their team. Their offensive line has struggled at sometimes, and then sometimes they look dominant. It's it really is a game to game type of thing. Um, I think the interior has probably been better than the tackles this year, but um, we'll see if they got it again. Like Penn State hasn't really played in too many big games either, so this is a, a big test for them with this this three-game stretch they got with Michigan, Minnesota, and, uh, and Ohio State. Yeah, it's going to
1: be – I mean, this is your season. Um, it is the season. Michigan's what? It's a noon kickoff,
0: right? Noon kickoff. Big time. Big 10. Noon kickoff. Got to love it. We got Gus on the call. All right. So for my first stock up, uh, we mentioned them in the preview, but it's Kansas for me. I mean, this has been my team since the start with Jalen Daniels. Fell in love with this guy, but really fell in love with Lance Leipold, this, this head coach that they brought in. Turned Wisconsin White, Whitewater and Buffalo into powerhouses in the mid-majors. Um, and he's done a great job with this team. I mean, their, their win total for going into this year was two. They're a ranked team, and we're five and zero headed into this weekend. That's actually insane, insane. Um, so he's done a great job. Unfortunately, he loses Daniels, which if he kept playing, you know, maybe they finish the season out ranked. I mean, the way Bean looked, maybe they still can. I'm um, gonna say can't undress. That guy looked good. He did, and he he's did a, a lively arm too. He's a senior, so um, hopefully he steps up big time for them. But if they can finish this season ranked, I mean. It's never been a football powerhouse, but, and I'm not saying it, it will become a powerhouse, but it'd be really, really nice. to Have another big 10 team, a uh, big 12 team, excuse me. Um, show up for them, especially with Texas and Oklahoma leaving in a few years.
1: How long has uh, that coach been there for? This is your say it again. I'm sorry. I think you cut out. This is your one. This is his first year. I believe so. Um, I was going to say if maybe if it was like a couple of years, like building the program, maybe you see him, uh, Chuck up the deuces and try to get up one of those big programs. Like Nebraska uh, last or, year was last year was his first year. I'm curious. I don't. I wonder if Nebraska or, or even uh, Auburn in the year are going to be calling like you turn arounds like that, man. Those get those, those get those Uh, big boy programs. Their eyes open up, you know?
0: Yeah. Would you rather be the coach at Nebraska right
1: now in Kansas? I mean, Nebraska is Nebraska. I know it hasn't been Nebraska in a while and, but they have fat pocketbooks too.
0: True. Very true. All right. Who you got for your second stock up?
1: Uh, we touched on him before, but it's gotta be Quentin Johnson. Uh, I know like he's been on a lot of draft radars all year, like debatably debatably t- the uh, top wide receiver in the class, but he was kind of quiet at the start of the year. I think he only had like 12 catches on the air and he more than doubled that in this game, 14 catches, 206 yards and a tutty. Uh, he really, really impressed me. First of all, his 64 frame is just just stands out secondly secondly he was moving outside the slot uh, real real versatile guy and also someone of that size you'd think just a linear type player just uses his body possession guy he was doing business after the catch he, he has a suddenness to him that kind of reminds me of uh, Devonte Adams at his size I don't know if it's also the hair too that's making me think of <laughs> that but I don't know I was getting Devonte Adams vibes uh, he had a couple like quick slant and like i don't know like he just his sense for where the defenders were he was making them look fucking silly like he would just like get a little shimmy and turn around and just break one i was super impressed with this guy uh you know i love my big my big x receivers um so yeah i think that he i think nfl evaluators were really happy when they saw that and i think with the uh, smith and Jigba not really playing at all uh booty whatever the fuck his name is uh really being quiet that number one receiver in the draft is uh open for business, so he keep he stacks a couple more of these games up with that uh, high power offense. Look out! Uh, I think you'll see his name called uh probably pretty early.
0: Nice, yeah. I mean, you said it. That that number one spot is definitely up for grabs. Is anybody really jumping out like a chase or a waddle or any like those guys? Um, so we'll see how these guys finish down the stretch. Um, my second stock up is Will Rogers, quarterback from Mississippi State. Honestly, low-key, this Mississippi State team is good. Um, yeah. they, they might be the most underrated team in the country, honestly. They're playing really well right now. Um, but for for Will Rogers, broke the SEC completion record in just 28 games. That's he, insane. He passed Aaron Murray 920, for 921 completions, and Murray played in 52 games.
1: Aaron Murray, I forgot about that He passed
0: it in 28 games. And I know this Mike Leach offense breeds that type of statistics, but to do it in almost half the games is absolutely ridiculous. Um, And honestly, he's not just like some of these other system quarterbacks. He definitely likes to make big plays. Um, He takes his shots when he needs to, but he's pretty efficient with the ball. Um, And he's first right now in the country in passing yards over 2,100 and he's got and he's second in the country with 22 touchdowns. Um so just an absolute absurd season right now for for Will Rogers and he looks to keep it going with, with Mississippi State. They're a good team. Yeah, I mean, they got a tough stretch coming up. They're at Kentucky this
1: uh I think it's, yeah, this week. Mm-hmm. Then they have at Alabama the following week versus Auburn, which is like I guess it'll be a light game, and then versus Georgia. So there, I mean, they're, and then they're honestly, then I'll just say an Eastern Tennessee State, whatever, slapdick team, and then they finish off at Ole Miss. So, they got to go to at Kentucky, at Bama, at Ole Miss in their final, what, five, six games? That's tough.
0: It's pretty brutal.
1: Hey, let's see if we can keep it going, though. Make sure yeah, make it yeah. Tough, yeah. Right? Like, we'll see, right?
0: All right, let's get to our stock downs. We're only giving out one. We want to try to be a little more positive on this set. Ray, who, who's your stock down this week?
1: Uh, I, I mean, it's got to go with – I think I'm going to go with Utah. Just, be, just for the reasons I kind of laid out in the uh, preview episode a little earlier, uh, really can't stop the run. I think that's a ma- major hole. For a team that was like built on their defense, you would assume. That's what they made their name for. Uh, tr- Charbonnet, tw- 22 carries, 198 yards. That's unacceptable. And then Dorian Thompson Robinson, just to fucking put like a fucking emphasis on it, 300 yards passing with four touchdowns. That defense got torched. And they can't go on the road. I mean, if you want to be an elite team, they won't be in the playoff discussion. I think Dean may have had them in, in his like preseason playoffs.
0: I did, too. did uh, too. Not in the playoff, but I had them winning the, the Pac-12.
1: I mean, they're one and two on the road this year, five and six since 2020. I mean, you got to be able to travel. The elite teams can win on the road, especially to inferior talent. So, um, yeah, stock down for, for Utah. They're pretty much their season's over, like we just said, pretty much.
0: Yeah, and, I, I, and I'll round it with another team that is struggling mightily right now, and honestly, that may not even be strong enough. It's that's Oklahoma. An understa- that's an understatement. <laughs> it's Oklahoma. I mean, forget about a three-game losing streak, but I will touch on that too. Um, a forty-nine to nothing loss to Texas at home in one I mean, of the biggest in one of the biggest rivalry games in college football.
1: I mean, if Will Venables wasn't his first year, he's gone after that game.
0: He. Oh, my God. Absolutely. 49 to nothing. I know they're playing with a backup quarterback right now, and they did say um, that Dylan Gabriel is, might be back this week. Um, but, I mean, even with him in that first game against Kansas State, they were terrible, and he played half the game against TCU. They were terrible. I mean, it's not even so much the offense. I mean, the offense scoring zero points is obviously a problem, but this defense... And especially on a Will Venables team, who's been a staple of great defenses over the past decade, Um, in the first three games, 13 points allowed, three points allowed, 14 points allowed. These last three, 41 points allowed, 55 to TCU and 49 to Texas.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's just not what you, it's not what you expect to see. But I mean, I know because it's a Will Venables team, we're going to emphasize that defense, but their offense was abysmal, man. That backup quarterback should probably not be allowed to play another game. <laughs> Dude, they were He was so bad, they were putting their tight end in wildcat formation. They were, they were going wildcat like once every drive. It was fucking – it was terrible to watch. Um, and also just a point, just because we're on the topic of this game. uh, Quinn Ewers really – I mean, he had a good game, but that one pick he threw, he tried throwing it away. That, pick that was, was one horrible. Worst things I've ever seen in my life. Also, his footwork. I know he's only a sophomore, so he's not really draft eligible, but that shit's gotta get cleaned up if he wants to be an NFL player. Cause he just every time he gets like a little bit of not even pressure, if the offensive line gives like an inch, he just like starts running around. Like he's gotta be able to stay in the pocket. He's gotta be able to like step up and just deliver the ball like strong and on time. So I just wanted to point that out because when I was watching it, I sound like a little petty bitch, but... It's not, though, because, I
0: mean, I mean, draft guys notice that. It's like playing against fucking, like, 10-year-olds online in Madden.
1: Yeah, that's literally it, exactly what it looks like.
0: Um We don't have second stock downs, but I'm just going to say my second stock down is my betting right now. Yeah, you're, um, you're It's going to be officially fade week next week, so I will pick out bets, and then I will fade myself. Um So... If we keep going at the pace I've been going, I'm about to get red hot.
1: <laughs> uh, should we let's touch on our bets? Let's see where we how, how we uh, did. You went, um, you went not perfect, or I guess the anti-perfect. You went fucking horrible, right? I
0: went anti-perfect, yeah. Um, but I did have teasers and parlays that split half and half. So I think next week it, it might just be straight bets.
1: Oh yeah, no, I'm doing and that too. I'm I'm done with my teasers for a little bit because I can't fucking hit them.
0: The college football. Teasers are just absolutely killing me. It's it's absurd. You wanna you wanna start us off?
1: Yeah, so uh my UCLA money line bet smashed. Um, like I said, the game went exactly how I expected. And then also the TCU Kansas first half under 34 and a half smashed. Didn't really go how I expected expected though. They were passing the ball a lot, but uh still it was it was I think it was by the time the second quarter started, it was just done. So that was dope. And then LSU plus ten in that teaser just sunk me, so I went up 1.18 units on the week.
0: Nice. Yeah. So I'll go for us here. Uh, I had an eight point tease Oklahoma state minus one and a half um, ended up covering, which was nice. They were in a back and forth and then Kentucky minus two and a half against um, South Carolina, absolutely pathetic performance. They let Spencer, (laughs) they let Spencer Rattler beat them. And it was crazy. I, couldn't believe that game. Yeah, Spencer <laughs> Rattler
1: really uh, shoved it in your face, bro.
0: Big time. That was the first time I bet against him after talking all that shit too. Um, then the second bet a, a two-unit parlay, money line parlay. Um, USC money line against Washington State. That game was ugly, but um they did get the win. And then the Maryland money line against <laughs> Purdue. They did not cover. I think I sent you what happened. Um, you, you did. And I just, I just want to read it because it was so bad. Um, they had an extra point blocked um, that would have tied the game with like six minutes left or something like that. Um, and then Purdue went down, scored. They're down eight with a minute 15. They drove the ball all the way down the field. It was so sick. Um, I got so pumped. They went for two. They got it. I was going berserk. And then they threw a flag for a legal ta- man downfield on a two-yard, two-point conversion. Um, I thought, and on the replay, there's a fucking left tackle. Uh, the right tackle is like three yards into the end zone. It was <laughs> absurd. Um, so they got a five-yard penalty. Wait, on a it, pass? On a pass. I thought, I, it's like, how does that he, even happen? Because he, he, I mean, he kind of scrambled out, but like, why are you in the end zone? Yeah, you should see that. But, uh-oh. Something's wrong. What, why are you in the end zone? Uh, and then they got the penalty and they didn't get it. So brutal no cover there. Um, so a minus five for me this week, and I am absolutely reeling right now.
1: Damn. Get him, oh. we'll, we'll get them next week.
0: Yeah, there's always next week. That's what they say. All right, so that'll wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed part one of our preview episode. Stick with us. We will have part two with the NFL. Um, as always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at two tackles with the number two. And stick with us as we continue this 2022 2023 season. Ray, my man, appreciate you. One love.